Um, tonight, as we said last week, we're going to kind of switch gears for just a uh, little bit. Um, I've been uh, thinking of some topics. I, I want to entitle the series kind of uh, things I hear at the funeral home, uh, conversations that I hear or get involved in. You know me, I can't just hear them. I have to get involved in them. Um, but this one actually, after, uh, um, of course, we had a lesson Sunday night on strife and contention and uh, different things that cause that. And unfortunately, we see that going on in, in uh, congregations today. And I had someone ask me, do I think the, uh, the thing that brings most, I guess, the most strife today, you think it's politics? You think that's what does it? Um, my first answer was no. I think there's other things that do that, but I do think politics and government can um, cause strife and contention. And it kind of got me thinking about that. Uh, I think without a doubt, if you just look at the nation as a whole, it may have been, you know, uh, different from other people, but for time I can remember, uh, it's about as divided as I've ever seen it. Uh, it just seems like there's a, a, a pretty big wedge in between people because of uh, political views. Uh, and I think the nation is divided. Uh, and I think there are brethren that actually can get pretty heated or divided because of it also. And it, and it is a shame. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, Paul talks about, he says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. When I think about um, uh, not any division and things that can come from the outside in sometimes, uh, I, I think uh, the things with government, I think the things with politics uh, do enter into it a lot. And, and it got me thinking about something. In Luke chapter 6, and this lesson may be a little different than you think about tonight, but uh, maybe to give us something for discussion. In Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 12, it says, It came to pass in those days he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter, Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who would uh, also became a traitor. When you think about when Jesus chose the twelve, do you think there were any friction with them? I mean, when you really think about who they were and where they come from and their backgrounds, I've often thought about uh, the friction that had to be there uh, just because of their background, and especially, too, when we're thinking about uh, uh, political things, we're thinking about the government, I think there's two that I think that would have really had a hard time. You know who they may be? Simon the Zealot, and who else? And Matthew the Tax Collector. Can you imagine them two being together? You know, you've got Simon the Zealot that was a part of a group that originally was called the Zealous Ones. Uh, and in the Greek, it's actually the Zealots. You know, you, you take that group, that was a sect that fought against, they, they were a, a political sect, if you will, a, a kind of a, uh, 
um, well, a zealot group that fought against the, the Roman government. Then you had Matthew that was a tax collector that the, the zealots actually hated and fought against. And actually there's a lot of historical evidence of, of uh, them actually killing particular Jews because of them helping the Romans. Um, so their political views were on both ends of the spectrum, don't you think? But yet Jesus chose those as part of the twelve. Now can you imagine the problems that must have rose because of that? Can you imagine the, the uh, political views that came out uh, because of that and the teaching that had to be the things that had to be aired out and I just got to thinking about this you know we think that uh, this kind of division you know uh, complaining about the government and being so divided because of the government that's something new but it wouldn't it's not anything new at all is it matter of fact I think they were a little more drastic then maybe than we see things today um, I mean you, you had a group that their sole purpose wasn't to protest their sole purpose wasn't to uh, uh, just to go out and, 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 and cause a little bit of trouble, but it was to hunt people down and kill them, you know, because of their political views, because of what they thought they were doing, that they were bringing uh, oppression upon uh, uh, the people. And, and even when Jesus came, that's what they thought he was going to do, wouldn't it? Overthrow the Roman government and set up his own kingdom. So it was a, a, a political thing. You think about... Of course, we know Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins, to shed his blood for forgiveness of our sins. But why did these individuals kill him? Why, why, why were they so upset? Why were these religious leaders so upset at him? Was it because he was going to come and forgive them of their sins? Yeah, he was affecting their lifestyle, their power. They, they, they were seated in, in a, a, a particular... Uh, position of power they they had this understanding that to some degree with the romans and they just had free will jesus now is is getting right in the middle of this uh, uh uh political atmosphere and they didn't like it so this isn't something new that we see but when i thought about when someone asked me if i thought the uh the biggest thing or the the uh, thing at the top of the list that caused division with brethren today do I think it's politics no I, I actually don't but I think it can be an issue uh, I've seen uh, uh, individuals at the funeral home before get just I thought I was gonna have to ask them to leave and uh, uh, they were members of the church uh, because they got so heated in an argument during a visitation over politics uh, and it's a shame, isn't it? It, it? It's a shame that it gets to gets to that point. It really got me thinking about uh, these two individuals that Jesus chose and, and their political views and, and, and that process that it, it, it had to have took for um, them to be able to get along and to be able to uh, be at peace with each other and understand what the, the greater goal was. And that's why Jesus spent so much teaching to start with, with them in particular. Uh, because before they could go out and teach anyone, uh, there's a lot that they had to learn theirself. Um, and I think we could we can learn from that if we, we study different things concerning them. But tonight what I want us to do is I want us to look and see that uh, if we would 
I guess, refocus our attention uh, away from those kind of things. I think, especially when it comes to, you know, we, we fuss about who's president, we fuss about who's in Congress, we fuss about, you know, we've, we've got to change all of this, and maybe that's the wrong focus. Uh, maybe that's not what we need to be asking ourselves, what can we do to change that? Uh, maybe we need to ask ourselves, what can we do to change ourselves so we can have an impact to those things around us? Because uh, there may be some things that we can't change. They, there may be some things that's uh, there for a reason and for a purpose. Uh, sometimes it may be because uh, uh, we're doing great and God is blessing us because of it. And sometimes it may be because we need a spanking. You know, that very well could be it. I don't know any other way to put it. Maybe we, we need something like that. So uh, when we think about that, I want us to look at a particular situation, and I want us to look and see how they handled that and see if we can kind of gain something from it. Let's look in Acts chapter 4. And Acts chapter 4 says, beginning at verse 1, Now as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached uh, in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day. For it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, and Cephas, uh, uh, John and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Now, just kind of, we're going to go back and talk about that, but what they're discussing here, you know, they've got James and John because of them healing someone that was lame. And, and here's what they're discussing with them. Um, it says, Then Peter... Uh, filled with the Holy, uh, Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus, and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, uh, that, had, uh, that a miracle had been done through them is evident. To all who dwell in Jerusalem, we cannot deny it, uh, but that it uh, spreads no further among the people. Let us severely threaten them. For from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen 
and heard. Um, it's not always been as easy to be a Christian as it is now. We think about things that are happening. We say, well, you know, it feels like things are closing in. Um, it feels like uh, it's just not easy to be a Christian anymore. Um, I think it's a whole lot easier now than it was then, don't you? And, and you think about these, these government powers, these political powers that are here, and, and you see what uh, Peter and John is doing. So they're bringing them in. They see the miracle. They can't deny it. So they're threatening them to start with. Uh, they're threatening them, say, okay, you can't teach in the name of Jesus anymore. I mean, here you have, you know, we, we feel like this is probably coming with us, but um, I don't see anybody standing at the door yet, do you? But here, this is what was going on. This, this is the kind of uh, uh, political power and, and, and political corruption that these individuals were up against. Now, uh, as we go a little bit farther, we see that they were arrested, and then we're going to see that they're released. Look at verses 21 and 22. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. So here they release, and they've got a man that it says that he had been lame since his mother's womb, and here it says uh, uh, he's 40 years old. So there's no denying, and you have this instant. Then you have the raising of Lazarus. Remember, raising of Lazarus was kind of the final nail in the coffin, wouldn't it? Once that Jesus raised Lazarus, they couldn't deny it. They couldn't have, have him walking around telling individuals what Jesus had done. They decided then and there, Jesus has to go. But here you kind of have, the, uh, you have this also to where you have, we can't have them speaking in his name. We can't have them uh, uh, telling uh, others what he's done, but yet we still can't deny what's took place. So they threaten them. They tell them not to preach in Jesus' name anymore, and then they release them here. And they threaten and, uh, and further threaten them. Remember what they said? But so, uh, verse 17, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them and tell them. So they're going on here. They're saying, okay, we, we've got to kind of and they get a little bit farther and a little bit farther on what they're doing. And the point I'm trying to make here and get us to, to realize is we, we get divided over things today when it comes to our, our political views, whether we're an R, whether we're a D, whether we like what's going on, whether we don't like what's going on. But we don't realize that we have it pretty good. And you look back at situations about how corrupt it was then uh, and you see what individuals that were standing up for Christ, the things that they had to go through, it kind of makes you wonder, well, how did they handle that? What was their thought process? Um, were, were they divided among themselves? Were they uh, fussing among themselves? Did they say, okay, here's what we need to do? Again, I, I can imagine Matthew and, and, and uh, 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 Simon the Zealot here trying to get along themselves of, and, and Jesus teaching them because of their views. But now, as you go out, it's not only in that group. It's, it's when you go out and do it, then you have to face this with the world. So it's not enough that we have to face this in the world. Sometimes we have this within our own brotherhood also. But I, I think it would do us good to realize that we don't really have it that bad. I mean, how much so far, uh, you know, I try to think, of, of all the presidents that have been presidents since 
since I've been old enough to realize it, and how much my life has actually changed because of it. Um, I don't know if it's been a great deal. Do I like the policies? Do I like... Now, there's things we could talk about moral uh, issues that we always have to stand on as a Christian. Uh, but when there's things that affect my wallet, that don't affect my salvation. So I need to be careful how I handle that, right? But I, I, I look at things and I think, how much have I, has uh, my life really changed because of it? You know, uh, has it affected me as a Christian? Has it caused me to where I'm not able to be a Christian? You know, sometimes I get so worked up driving to work, listening to 99.7, that I, I have to sit in the parking lot and just calm down a few minutes over stuff that's going on in Nashville that don't even affect me. You know, I hear some of the things that they're doing, some of the policies, or I hear some of these things, and then they get into national things. But, but I think, okay, Ronald, why, why are you getting so upset about this on, on some of these policies? How's that really going to affect you to, uh, of changing your life as a Christian? Now, some things may dip into my wallet. It may dip into my paycheck. There may be more taxes come out. There may be more of these things that I just get frustrated. But does it, can it affect my Christianity? Well, it can how I handle that, can it? You know, how I perceive it. So I look at, I look at Peter and John here. You know, they're being drug in and they're being threatened because of, uh, of what they're doing as far as healing this man and, and speaking in the name of Jesus. I, so far, I've not been drug in. You know, I expect it someday. But so far, I've not. Uh, um, had to do that. I, I've not had anybody threaten me uh, uh, because of the things that I've taught. So I think sometimes we just need to take a step back and breathe a little bit and think, okay, I, I don't have it as bad as I actually think I do. Things aren't as bad as they are. And even if they do, how am I supposed to act during that? What, what am I supposed to do? And I think these are some things that we can learn as as, as we go through this. Any thoughts thus far? I think so often we also, we get frustrated when we hear what comes out of Washington or what comes out of Nashville. We don't even realize the president does not have the power to do any of the things that frustrate us. Mm -hmm. It's Congress. Congress mm -hmm. makes the laws. When we talk about raising taxes, that's the House of Representatives. The president has no Well, we just want to be mad. I always say that's that's the probably the primary reason I vote gives me the uh, the free will to complain. If you don't vote, I don't think you can complain about it, you know when it comes to that. So I, I vote just to be able to complain, but I don't think I complain about the right ones. You know. Yeah. 
I, th I think a lot of it is the same things that I think about when it comes to church. I, I think where you have to be careful in our congregations and what's going to determine the things of the future is what goes on in these Bible classes with these little kids Absolutely. from then on. And I think that's the same thing when it comes to uh, uh, our country, you know. What, what's these professors teaching? What this, you know, what they're being taught and grown up to do, and 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 it does start back from the beginning. But when we really think about getting worked up, I, that's what I mean. We we've got to really be careful with that. And as I was thinking about, and, and uh, I was actually studying this situation for another lesson, but it got me thinking about it because um, you you can see the corruption that's here of them trying to figure out how can we keep our power when we can't deny what we've seen and, and we and the people can't deny it so we got to figure some way out of this this is the government and and as far as the jewish leaders are concerned but if you go back to acts chapter 3 begin at verse 8 notice what took place now peter and john went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter, uh, uh, John and Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifting him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood uh, and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Now instead of, you would think individuals, no matter who they are, would be happy that this man for 40 years, all his life, couldn't walk, but now he can. You'd think they'd be happy about that. you you think they'd be ecstatic. you You wouldn't think... You'd think they'd just be coming and bringing Peter and John in and saying, guys, you, you, you just did a great work. But because they did it in the name of Jesus, then that turned everything around. Jesus was their political enemy. He was the one that was threatening their power. He was the one that was doing that. So you kind of see the corruption that was going on. And I just wanted to set the scene um, about, you know, when we think of how bad things get today, um, they were pretty bad here. Uh, they were facing some pretty uh, bad hardships. So when they released Peter and John, when they, they go their way, uh, here's where I find it interesting. And here's where you really see the character of what a Christian ought to be when it comes to them two and when it comes to the assembly that they were around and what they did. Look at verses, uh, start at verse 23. It says, And being let go, they went to their own uh, companions, and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God. You made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said. And we studied this psalm where David said this. Why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. 
Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, I want us to notice something here of something that they did, didn't pray. They didn't pray for a new form of government or new leaders. I mean, think about that. If they, if they truly, and I believe they did, and I, I believe they prayed sincerely because of the outcome here, if they truly believed God was going to listen to them in their prayers, why didn't they just pray for a new government? Why didn't they pray for new leaders? They prayed for uh, uh, Peter and John here to be bold and still to speak their name, but why didn't they pray for a new government? You ever think about that? I think the answer is in the prayer itself. Remember when they quoted David here? Why did the nation raise and the, the people plot in vain? The things of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. You know what they already realized about the government? Didn't matter anyway. Did, did the government at that time, the religious leaders, were they going to stop them from doing what they were doing? They did it anyway, didn't they? Huh? They tried, but did they do it? Okay, if they did stop them, they did drag them in and beat them, as, as, as they told them here, we're the ones that, you know, we're going to listen to God instead of listen to man. They're still going to preach in Jesus' name. Well, if they drag them in and beat them, are they still going to preach in Jesus' name? They brag them in and kill them. Is somebody else going to come and speak in Jesus' name? Are they going to stop it? They're not going to stop it. And as they said here, as David said, you know, why do the nation raise against God? They ain't got a hope against God. No matter what the government is, no matter who's in office, no matter who's in Congress, no matter who's the president, no matter who's all the way down, it, it, it doesn't matter. They're not going to get one over on God. It's just not possible. So... What, what's the point in praying that? Is there any benefit to it? They, they didn't pray it here. Why didn't they say, if we, if we just had new leadership, Peter and John wouldn't be arrested. We pray for new leadership that nobody will be arrested again. That wasn't their prayer. Their prayer was that they would be bold and still teach in Jesus' name. Th their prayer was for them, not... Not to change anything else around because there's things that's out of our control that we can't change. Now, do I need to do what I can do to make the world better? Well, yeah, we, we need to do what we can do to, to make things better and easier on us. But what if they're not? What if all the efforts I do, they're still not? Is that going to change me from being a Christian? It shouldn't. The prayer should be, it, it, we should be thinking about what we're going to do and live this life no matter what these circumstances are. You know, you look at times that uh, uh, those that served God were brought into captivity, wouldn't they? Were they still able to be, be Christians? Were they still able to stand up? Matter of fact, they flourished at times because of, of, of their sincerity, because of their honesty, because of their morals. You even, you even look, Paul even addressed uh, uh, the saints at Caesar's household. How hard do you think it would have been to be a saint at Caesar's house? Do you think that would have been hard to do? How would you go about doing that? 
I don't even know how that, how that would work. But there were. I'm not saying we bury our head in the sand, but, but I do think we can get caught up in uh, the frustration of things that it really doesn't matter. That's not going to affect what we're doing. Now, we need to do our best to stand upon our morals, but there's, there's things that I, that's out of my control that I can't change. So what I need to do is make sure that I'm going to live the way that I'm supposed to live no matter what the circumstances around us are. And, and I've, I've really thought about this on, on both ends, and you, you, you're welcome to disagree. This would be a good discussion. You know, I, you know, I think a lot about what is, my, what is my obligation. And I think sometimes I put my obligation as a citizen of this country above my obligation as a citizen of heaven. And, and we need to be careful with that line. Uh, that, that line can get crossed and we, we can get beside ourselves sometimes. You think that's true? You think we can do that? Yeah. And it's easy to do. I, I, I'm proud to live where I am. I'm glad I do. I've seen uh, the, the greatest blessing I got of going to India was to think, man, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to live like that. I'm glad I don't face that. I think that may be coming someday. I don't know if I'll see it, but somebody will. I, I think that may be coming. But by the same token, I, I thought about this too. I remember going to India and probably the first week, uh, I was just, I, I felt so sorry for them. But probably after that first week, I felt more sorry for us than I did them because of what that did for their faith. And, and I, I, I'm ashamed to say it. I thought many times if I had to stand before God against faith like that, I'd never make it. Because I've not been faced with things that they've been faced with to really test their faith to get to that point. I'm not saying you, you necessarily have to to get to that point. But it did show me you can have faith when your life is threatened up to the point your life is taken. We say that, we know that, I've never faced that. But we get so frustrated because I think we, we get in our minds, or I do, I think that day's coming. You know, it seems like it's closing in. But then I see things like this that I'm thinking, well, it's always been bad. I mean, you go read the book of Hebrews and you see down at, what is it, the end of chapter 10 before we start in chapter 11, about them being sawn in two and torn to pieces and, and all these things that these individuals, because of their faith, had to go through. Well, I, I, then I start looking at my government, and I'm thinking, yeah, I, I don't like a lot of things they're doing, but so far they've not put me on some machine saw me in half yet. You know, I, I think we, get, we, we can get so frustrated and of things that maybe not as important as we think they are. And I, thought, I just thought that was interesting. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I thought that was interesting that when, when Peter and John came back to this assembly and, and everybody knew what had went on, they're praying for them to be bold and, and speak in Jesus' name. And they quoted David about why do, the, why do the cities, why do the kings, why do they rage against God? What are they going to do? 
No matter what weapon they have, no matter what strategy they have, no matter how smart they think they are, they're not going to beat God. It's futile. There's no reason for them to. But it's actually very arrogant that they think they can. But yet we, we can get on the other end of it. We can get pretty worked up thinking, okay, this is going to, uh, you know, this can hurt me or destroy me. And, and it can't. Nobody can take our faith from us. No matter what they do to us physically, right? So I guess I'm trying to get to why do we get so worked up sometimes? Because no matter what political party is in office, I can still thrive as a Christian. And I think that's what it really comes down to, doesn't it? Uh, if somebody's got a D, uh, if they're, they're, they're a Democrat and, and that, that they run the whole Congress, Senate, and the presidency, or somebody's a Republican and run it all, I can still be the Christian that I'm going to be. That's not going to change that. It may, it may make it difficult at times if I let it, but it's not going to change it. Do you have something to say? It's, you know, it's, it's mind-boggling of what really takes place that sometimes we're not aware of in other places. Um, I was very naive when it came to things like that. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that we don't need to do our part to, make, as I said, make things around us better, do our part. I mean, when I go in there and vote, I hope that I'm voting in a way that's going to help me have an easier time to be a Christian. I mean, I think that's what we all should do. Uh, but we need to be careful when we divide ourselves because of a political party because I think we need to be bold and be together that we can thrive no matter what political party is in office. And we can't do that if we're divided because of it. Um, and I guess just... You know, we just need to be careful. When I, when I was listening to those individuals that were back, they were back toward the back of the visitation, and it got, it got loud enough where somebody come and, and told me I might need to check on them. And so I, I kind of did and was listening, and it was just basically over, uh, over politics. 
and and it was just crazy. I thought it was just and and when I've seen who it was, I, it was just very disappointing. Uh, I mean, what did Jesus say? You don't give Caesar what's due to Caesar. I mean, we can play all we want to, but, you know, we pay them and, 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 and go on. I mean, that's not going to uh, change my Christianity. So instead of maybe praying that God will change that, maybe we need to pray that he changes us, that we're able to, to thrive and to do what we need to do. Because who's there? I mean, government, we could we could have went to Romans, you know, 13 and, and the purpose of government, you know, God's got in there who he needs in there at the time. And, and God can use anyone he wants to. Depends on what he's using them for. That's what worries me is, okay, is this where I need some chastisement here? I, is this where I need a little reality check? Am I getting a little full of myself to where uh, this is how God is, is bringing us down to where we need to be? I don't know. He's done it before. Why couldn't he do it again? I mean, he, he's always in our lives. You know, he's uh, doing what he needs to do for our benefit to teach us. So um, maybe we need to be careful of what, what we do question. Any final thoughts about this? I know it's hard to comment because so you don't ever want to talk politics. And this isn't necessarily a political lesson, but I think it's a lesson for us to, to, be, to be the Christian we need to be. And I think this, to me, this was a good example of how they could have handled the situation and how they actually did handle it. Um, Peter and John stood up for what they believed in. They never denied their faith. They weren't going to quit pe preaching uh, in Jesus' name, no matter what they did to them. And that's the thing about, you know, we talk about Revelations 2.10, be faithful unto death. We, we view that sometimes as, as just when you grow old and die, but that's actually talking about facing death. The actual context is you're going to face death, be faithful at that point. These individuals were. They realized, okay, death, what's the worst they do? Kill you? Okay, I can go on and be with the Lord then. I'm still going to do what I'm going to do here, no matter who's no matter who's the Caesar. You know, no matter who's in charge at that particular time. Yeah, some made it a lot harder than others did. I can't imagine, you know, just walking down the street, seeing Christians up on poles, you know, being burnt, being thrown to lines about, you know, I couldn't imagine walking down the street and seeing that, but that was the reality in which they lived. But in that, I thought it was interesting that they didn't pray to change the government. They didn't pray to change the leaders. They prayed for themselves to have boldness when that took place. And I think that really says something uh, about who they are. Any final thoughts?